Hello, everyone. Um, we thought we'd record a short podcast um, just talking about the election in the few days running up to it. So the purpose uh, of the next 15 minutes, we think, uh, is um, just to say that this is some of the stuff that we think is going on and how is we as Christians can be praying uh, and acting uh, in this next week. Um, it's me, Wayne. I'm here with James. Um, Hi. Hello. And down in the Gloucester Road. So, James, I wasn't there yesterday, but yesterday in our series in Genesis, tell us or tell me, what did you talk about? Well, I talked about lots of things, and, and you can listen to that talk um, also on the website, but in, with specific reference to the general election. Um, I said that actually um, what God's doing in our hearts is m- more important than what we do um, at the ballot box this Thursday, and I still believe that to be true, that actually in the context of um, what's going on in our nation, um, uh, actually God always um, responds through his local church um, so so um, uh, the curse of slavery um, was something that was challenged by a group of people who got together and started praying in, in their local church and we've experienced that as Wilberforce now but actually they were they were praying together in Clapham weren't they so, so actually the, these big narratives that have massive challenges um, uh, they can um, be challenging responded to by God's church and it begins with us in our hearts in the local church responding to what he's wanting to do um, and but actually it, within the midst of that I was talking about us being a united kingdom of divided peoples and, and that's a phrase that really um, struck home to me in the preparation of the talk um, I think a- across um, the, the united kingdom we are divided on um, lots of views we're divided by um, uh, our view about Brexit, we're divided by our view about and whether we should stay together as a, as a, as a united kingdom. Uh, we're divided by class, by um, ethnicities, um, by educational status, lots of things. Um, and actually that presents a massive challenge to us um, as, a, as, a, as a people. Can I ask you a question then? So thinking about the heart thing, yeah. before we go on to kind of like some other things about the action, just thinking about the heart thing, how do I... So I have had a... a a load of paperwork through my letterbox yeah. um, um, from a lot of different political parties yeah. telling me a whole load of stuff. None of them have kind of said, you know, Wayne, pay attention to your heart as you think about voting. How do I, as a follower of Jesus, pay attention to my heart before I pay attention to either A, the voices outside, or B, my thinking long-term? It might be thinking long-term in terms of how I think the world should be organized politically. How do I... How, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So, so I think part of that is, is just acknowledging that Jesus' name isn't on the ballot box. And so when, 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 uh, so when, when, we, when we come to the, the vote on Thursday, um, we need to not subscribe to the lie that, um, that we can truly put our hope in the name of the person that we are putting into that box. Uh, nor can we hope that this nation's problems can be fixed by whoever is Prime Minister come Friday. Um, and, and so that that's the beginning of the journey of repentance, acknowledging that actually um, our, our hope is in, is in Jesus Christ. A- and, and then that leads us to the conclusion that his presence here through his body, his church, um, is how he is responding to the problems of this nation. And therefore... My responsibility under him is to put myself in a place where I can actively participate in his response to what is going on in this nation and beyond. And so doing the things that Christians always do. 
praying, reading your Bible, worshipping, um, going to church, spending time with others, um, all sorts of things. Uh, the kind of things that we talk about and the kind of things that lots of other churches talk about are the things that actually we need to be doing in order to participate in what he wants us to do and it starts in the heart. Another really interesting thing I think to remember as you come to vote on um, Thursday where you talked about putting a name in a box is that um, neither you and I, I think we're in the same constituency or yeah. maybe the boundary is very close are you north west or just west you don't even know west, west. okay we're in the same constituency but joe swinson jeremy corbyn boris johnson nicholas sturgeon those names aren't actually in front of us on thursday local local people are yeah. so actually there's a that creates another dynamic as i as i heart respond to voting cool and so Wayne, what do you see going on in the election process um I, I think this election is um, just a really good example of where we've got to in post-Christianity, secularism, and post-modernity. Because I think, for me, I could do loads of themes, but there were four big themes that have kind of leapt out at me that have got louder this election than even the last one. Um, division, an absence of trust, um, a lack of uh, an acceptance of truth, um, and I think a rise of illiberalism. If I, if I explain, I mean, division is obvious. Yeah. Um, it's are you remain and are you leave? But even then it goes a little bit further than that because actually we sit here on Monday and what the pollsters are telling us is that there's a united leave vote and there's a divided remain vote. Because So division is not just, it's not binary, it's not you know, A or B, it's, it's, it, it's all over the place. So, so actually we live in a divided society. And if we think about where we've been as a church and we filter the teaching we've been in, that has been the story of Genesis from the mo- from chapter 3 on, yeah. actually, is that um, division has come. And actually, as Christians, we need to remind ourselves that, that, that whatever happens, the either, si- either, the either side, the other side, uh, the division is not going to go away without, without, yeah. without the unifying power of Jesus. Yeah. And the division is a problem of the human heart. We just seem to be seeing it writ large at the moment. Um, trust um, there is no trust in, in, in authority figures and so there is no trust in politicians and that again actually that's the first lie that is in Genesis did God really say um, we live in a world that is cynical and is increasingly cynical with the absence of a, of a big story to understand it modernity has failed theism according to modernity people has failed and so actually we're, we're brought up as postmoderns to be naturally cynical and so therefore not to trust but yet there is a desire to want to trust yeah. as well so even though we're taught to suppress it we want politicians whom we can trust yeah 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 yeah, yeah and we want unity yeah. This is the whole thing. Is, is actually these what we're seeing is is the opposite opposite of how our hearts what our hearts really want. So so we're in a divided society. We're in a society that doesn't trust, and then and then it's totally it's post truth. And this is this is what happens when you when you ditch. They're called the meta narratives, but big stories. And 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 in post modernity, if if as the Manic Street preacher said twenty years ago, this is my truth. Tell me yours. It means we have a situation where any politician can be asked a question and can in answer say X Y Z. And then the person asking the question can say, no, 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 proof is A, B, and C. And the politician can say X, Y, and Z, and everybody expects that. And nobody seems to be able to call them out. And that's pretty much every politician, that, that nobody seems to hold to objective truth anymore. Um, and, and everybody seems to dance around it. And that has a real problem because, because as Christians, we believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So we do believe in objective truth, and yet we find ourselves in a culture that doesn't. 
Yes, and, and what I observe within that is that politicians are willing to say whatever truth suits them in order to get to power. Yeah. Which is a problem for us because as Christians we worship one who came um, and was willing to, to say truth um, in order that actually it led him to a place where he was emptied of all power, mm. um, uh, earthly power on, on the cross. So that there's, a, there's a jarring there for us about how we are led in our faith by one who did that, and yet we're being led in a nation by people who, who will shave truth, discard truth in order to get to power. And it's worth watching out for, we've decided we're not going to name parties and politicians kind of like in terms, but it is actually worth watching out where a party is trying to get a large amount of the vote. So I'm talking about our two major parties here, that in order to get the kind of votes they required, both parties have to appeal in two different directions. So both parties have to appeal to a kind of a, a traditionally working class base that actually is more socially conservative on issues around um, marriage and human sexuality and all that kind of stuff, far more socially conservative, but also actually is, is longing for a, a high level of investment in, in social care. And at the same time, they have to appeal to an opposite base, which is slightly different for both of them. In, in the case of the, the left-leaning major party, let's name it, the Labour Party, it, it's actually more of a kind of um, urban, um, socially liberal base. And so, so they've got a problem there. Um, but then with the Conservatives, it's more of a kind of uh, economically liberal base. Yeah. And so, so both parties find themselves trying to speak truth that contradicts because they're trying to gather yeah, yeah, support yeah. from two yeah. groups of people who kind of want something else. Yeah. And so there's where truth kind of gets underscored all the time. And that's what um, we were warned about um, by people like Leslie Newbigin would happen when we gave up on meta narratives on big stories is that once we abandon the idea that there is a big story yeah. um truth would just become something that we can all discuss and decide upon whether or not it suits us yeah. and then linked to all of that is this rise in illiberalism so one political party um has stood down a candidate because they have a voting record that they said doesn't agree with their views but yet it's a voting record on free votes so the person was able to vote under their own consciousness, under their consci- under their own, by their conscience, um, and yet they've been told that actually, no, this doesn't tally with a modern liberal society. Yeah. And we find ourselves being told that we live in a modern liberal society where we can think whatever we want, with, as long as it's not kind of towards hate, but actually that's not true, and we're seeing that playing mm-hmm. itself out yeah. in political debates. Um, Leslie Newbigin, who was a missionary... Um, to India from about, I think, 1936 to 1974. Don't check the dates and then email me if I've got them wrong. But he left England in 1936 and retired back to England in 1974. Most amazing man. He and his wife packed two suitcases in India and rode buses all the way back. And they got here and they were like, oh, my word, what's happened to the country we left? And he said what would happen in the absence of big truth and in the absence of um, holding on to religious truth is that we would we would end up with what he termed political religions. And I think we see that, that actually your religion becomes your politics. You have to believe in something. And so therefore, you believe it in such a way that you're not able to be challenged. That's why he used the terms of religion. You know, you're not able to be challenged and, and it becomes divisive and it feeds into this kind of division narrative that we have. Mm. So those are the kind of um, themes I think we see. And but 
what's interesting is I would want us to realize actually there's nothing new about them. Division, not trusting, uh, deciding truth for ourselves, actually being quite a liberal in terms of it's okay as long as you agree with me. Um, I think that's the Tower of Babel there. Yeah. It's hardwired into us since the fall. We're seeing that in Genesis. Yeah. Um, the question then is, um, what do we do the other side of that? Because <laughs> those problems aren't going to go away no, no, between now and Thursday. No, like in 1997, uh, Tony Blair in the sun went up 10 Downing Street and they played that D-Ream song, Things Can Only Get Better. Yeah. And I think most people, you know, younger people were like, yes, and most people who weren't younger were like going, yeah, right. And actually, so, yeah. so we know that on Friday morning all of this will still exist. Yeah. So let's go. Between now and Thursday, yeah. what do you think we should be doing? So I think there's um, one thing that we... Um, can be doing one thing that we can be careful of. So, so one thing we can be careful of to start off with is um, if you're um, on Facebook, just be really careful about um, how much you are putting on there about politics and what it's doing. Um, because actually, I, I, I'm, I'm concerned about how much we put on there that, that talks about our hope in politicians rather than our hope in Jesus. And how much does how much does our Facebook feed or other other social media tell people about um, what's going on in our our hearts? So that's the first thing. And the second thing I think we need to be um, considering um, the candidates that we're voting for locally in the context of that issue of division. Actually, I, I'm challenged to to be thinking about um, aside from my own um, uh, political position or instinctive views, um, actually who, who is best equipped or best gifted to working at healing those divisions. So whatever decisions are made, and, and, and one politician said to decide is to divide, whatever decisions are made, we're going to be left with um, division. And so voting for people who are best equipped to heal those divisions um, is something that I, I think we can be praying about, thinking about, and, and then actually being willing to subject our, our own um, our own political views to that, and acknowledging that if we can, if we have a House of Commons that is filled with politicians who are gifted towards um, reconciliation and healing of communities, that will be a far better experience of Parliament than we have had in recent years. Now, the cynic would say, that's not going to happen. But this is where I think um, it's important for us then to be the church. So, so last week, um, I spent three days in a monastery. And um, it's this slightly mad place where there's a conference centre, there's a hotel, there's uh, a bookshop a restaurant, there's tourists turning up all the time, mm. there's gardeners wandering around, there's people doing normal jobs yeah. and normal life and in the middle of it there are these nine monks yeah. who basically, in theory, run the whole show yeah. and, um, and these nine monks at the centre of this multi-million pound operation have no money yeah. um, and, and can only wear, you know, buying clothes is easy as long yeah. as it's black yeah. Um, yeah. And, and they are counter-cultural in the midst of all of this so actually the challenge for us is not to go, ah, oh, be cynical and go, yes, right, but actually to be kingdom-minded and, and to lean in and to have a kind of freedom about how we engage politically because we are looking for a kingdom to come, yeah. you know, the city of God, as Augustine would say. And so to understand that this world is passing and that actually we are building ourselves around principles for the kingdom that is coming. And so interestingly enough, in kingdom principles, a vote for a candidate who 
might feel like a lone voice if they did get into Parliament um, is not a wasted vote because that's the kingdom works in a very different way. It's not about power and control from a central political office somewhere in London. It is about it's something else. And for us to be kingdom people. And then the other side for us to say, well, actually, if we live in a divided society, how do we work for unity? Um, how do I lay aside what I might personally think and work for unity? How do I become a person of integrity and that people can build trust in me so that I can point to Jesus? How do I speak of the truth that's in Jesus? And how in a society where it says, oh, you can say, you know, um, think what you like as long as you don't say it, that actually I can speak good biblical truth with grace in such a way that enables other people to disagree with me and me to join in. So actually, the, the challenge for us, the other side, is to is to be the people of God. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Are we, are we, um, are we done? I think one of us should make up a collect for the um, Monday, Monday before election. Day. If you don't know what a collect is, it's uh, um, well, it means to collect together. So it's like a, it's a prayer, a liturgical prayer, yeah. uh, and that would kind of it's kind of quite theologically dense. So we're going to have to try. Are you going to make one no, up? You're going to make one up. Okay, so you would go, um, I'm going to pray it then. Okay, let's pray. Um, Jesus, we thank you that um, you left your throne in heaven to come to serve uh, and to show us how we should be. Forgive us when we we don't look to you, um, either for uh, our model for what humanity should be like um, or for the strength in your spirit to live it out. And we pray that as we go into the rest of this week and then as we go into life the other side of this election, um, that we would be filled with your spirit and that we would live for the kingdom that is to come, for the city of God that is coming. And we pray your blessing on our nation that many people would know that you are Lord and that you are truth. Amen. Amen. That didn't sound anything like a colleague, but it was a good one. Have a good week.